Welcome back to the Spiritually Intimate Conversations podcast. I am your host, Blair Dreesen, and today's special guest is a new friend of mine that mm-hmm. I actually met during a uh, facilitator program um, that I'm technically I'm still, we're still completing it, but we like completed the overall like certifications and, and all of that thing. Um, what was that like last month? Um, Mm -hmm. and I met her within this container and immediately I was like, I love this girl. (laughs) There was like, you know how, when you just like see somebody, right. And you're just like, I don't know what it is about them, but I just know I like them. Like, and it was immediately when I saw her, I was like, I really like her. I'm really vibing with her. I really want to get to know her. Um, and so I've shared a little bit about this container. It was our uh, love vibe and soul flow facilitator program. And I've shared a bit about it on the podcast. I've shared about on the socials about how much I love it and what it was doing for me. And I think that when I was in the container, I was very much like very focused on holding space for myself and really focusing on what I was needing in the container. But I was very closely watching a lot of the girls and kind of like I know I want to reach out. I know I want to start building friendships, but I was kind of in this space of just reconnecting with Blair, but also rebuilding trust. I think even just like outside female relationships, because I just went through a lot like last year and Blair was experienced a little PTSD. Okay. Not going to (laughs) lie with like all the things. Um, but it was shortly after we had completed our certification program that my really good friend who actually had connected me with the program was talking about, um, about, uh, so my, my guest, I can't even introduce her. Hello. <laughs> I'm an amazing host to my own show. Her name is Maxie, Maxie green. <laughs> and my good friend, Ruthie was sharing to me about Maxie's um, her intuitive card readings. And then I started hearing all the other girls that I was in the group with, like a whole bunch of people would sign up for them. They're all talking about it. And you know, me, I'm just like, I got to fit. I, I wanted one of these readings. Like first my FOMO kicked in. Cause I was like, well, I want to be included in Maxie's readings. Cause I like Maxie and she seems pretty cool. And I want to get to know her. But then I was like, I I've been in the space right now of welcoming in, um, not so much like other people telling me what is for me, but, but strengthening um, my own intuitive guidance through also other people reflecting back to me, what is coming up for me and really trusting signs and trusting like the messages and things like that. And I am a firm believer that mentors, healers, guides, um, other people have those gifts to be able to really reflect back to me in the moments that I really needed it. And I was in this moment of like, I really just need some reflecting back. And I feel like there's some things that I'm not really seeing or focusing on. And so I signed up right away and Maxie, I think you sent me my reading within. (laughs) Yeah. I was so excited to do it. It was was so fast. Yeah. I was like, so like, I don't know. I like just something like when I saw your name, I was like, yes. (laughs) <laughs> your life always like I thought you were so cool right like I would always like see you on zooms and stuff and be like god she's so glamorous like I love her like I just like I just felt like I could stare at you forever like you were so Aww. cool so I was like oh my god the cool girl <laughs> what's the reading for me like I'm so excited like yeah I like left on it I remember Aww. Oh my God. You're so sweet. Cause I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking about, I was like, I feel like every time I was on a zoom, I was probably in my hot mess bun, probably had not showered in like five days. Maybe I washed my face. 
maybe I even brushed my teeth before I got on. <laughs> so I was like putting out some kind of energy of a vibe. No, but you just got that cool girl vibe. And I think I did say that in your reading, right? Yeah, like you, you just have this, there's just this like energy around you that is just like, I want, I just need to sit next to her. Like, I just need to know, like, Aww. it's just amazing. I love it so much. Well, I'm loving it. And my projector soul is like, yes, I love to be seen and heard and validated. <laughs> Just tell me over and over. So, so side note, you guys, she did this amazing reading and recorded it and sent it to me. And I have probably listened to the thing. Like, I don't even know how many times at this point. And I was telling her before I even hopped on uh, to do this recording today, I was listening to it again this morning. I was like laying out in my backyard laying in the sun because it's actually a beautiful sunny uh day in washington state if those of you don't know like i live like about 30 minutes north of seattle so like when we see sun we're like sun and we all run outside so i was like playing in the grass listening to maxi just telling me all these wonderful things and i was like so here for all of it i was just soaking it up in so many mm-hmm. ways so so good the reading was just so phenomenal and I've had lots of readings and, um, there was just imme- something immediately when I started reading it or you started, um, I started listening to it. I was like, this is freaking powerful. Like this is unbelievable. And I need to share it with all of the peoples and all of the <laughs> things. Um, so I immediately, well, after I stopped sobbing, cause I probably sobbed through the no. entire reading cause the whole thing, I was like, this is so amazing. This is so good. It was everything I needed to hear. And then the things that I didn't realize that I needed to hear. Um, but like on a deep intuitive level, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. Um, so after I've like done sobbing, I messaged her, told her all the things, told her how amazing it was. And then I was like, I want you to be on my podcast because you need to share this gift with like everyone. So enough about my experience. Let me just go ahead and have Maxie introduce yourself and tell you guys all of the wonderful things about her. And then jamming out here about all the things. (laughs) Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Maxie Green. I am, I'm a spiritual life coach. I I'm calling myself lately a love and energy mentor, because basically what I do is help women or what I try to do is help women like heal and redefine like their love for themselves and their energy and how they manage it. And so that they can enjoy their experience of life a bit better. Um, and yeah, I do intuitive card readings. I'm a Reiki practitioner, a soul flow facilitator, um, and soon to be chakra healer. I'm working on a chakra healing certification. Um, so basically, yeah, I use a lot of energy tools, um, to help women enjoy their lives more, really. You just like all of the things, all the things yeah. that geek out on too. <laughs> yeah. Except human design. That's like my, Oh, my here we go. Cause I don't understand. Like I'm so intimidated by it. I actually booked, a, um, the chakra healing certification comes with a one-on-one session with, um, you know, Alicia Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I booked mine today because I was like, I, I told you already, like, I don't get it. And I'm still going to book a session. <laughs> I just like, I've got such a block about it now that I just like hear human design and I'm like, you know, everybody posts those like memes on Instagram about like human design and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just like, 
I get agitated right away because I'm like, I don't know what any of this shit means. Like, <laughs> I'm reading the words, but like, I don't get it. What am I supposed to do? I'm a manifesting generator. I'm I'm multi-passionate. And I'm like, well, so what? Like, <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I've got such a bug up my ass about it. I don't know why. I love it. I love it. Cause I'm like, I love <laughs> when people have yet to really start exploring their human design and they, most people are the minute they see it, they're like, this is confusing as fuck. I don't even understand what any of this means. Cause it is, it's a little confusing. You look at the, the, the chart of it and you're like, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, it's like speaking everything. a different language. Yeah. I don't under, like, I can't keep all of the centers and stuff straight in my head. And it's just like, yeah, I'm always just like, I give up, but you know, what's funny is I did a, a reading a few weeks ago from a girl that I, for a girl that I kind of know, I don't know, like I know her, but not really mm-hmm. anyways. And like in the reading, I was like, you, I don't know if you know anything about human design, but like, you need to go look up your human design. Like, I can't remember. It was like something about being like multi-passionate. And I was mm-hmm. like, I bet you're a manifesting generator and you should go like, I'm feel, I'm hearing that you need to leverage human design and unfortunately I cannot help you because I'm not person. <laughs> so I sent her the reading and I sent her the link to like the test and I was like if you want to know more about it let me know I know plenty of people who can explain this shit to you I'm not one of them and then that kind of bugged me because I don't like having gaps in that way you know I'm trying mm-hmm. to be like a full service provider but it was just funny to me that that was the download that came through because I'm like of all the things like you chose the thing I know like shit the fuck all about I forgot to ask you if it's okay if I swear oh yeah swear I swear as much as you fucking want I usually yeah I usually give a fair warning to all my my guests I'm like you can swear you can say whatever the hell you want because I sure (laughs) fuck you I don't censor myself at all ever I give a warning for people on the I mean they get the little explicit symbol to warn yeah. them but I even tell them I'm like make sure you have earbuds so if you have little yeah. humans running around and you don't want them to hear right yeah the profanity <laughs> put the earbuds in yeah consider yourself warned exactly. yeah consider yourself warned and if anybody follows me long enough they know like the things that come flying out of my mouth are so like highly inappropriate it's the best though yeah <laughs> well yeah so I mean obviously I, w- I was going to ask you too like what your human design and your astrology is if you know those things because yeah. those are always important things to me mm-hmm. I know that not everybody always knows all those things but yeah I again, do know I'm a, so I'm in three, five manifesting generator. Okay. Um, and I am a Libra and I've got a cancer moon and cancer rising. Okay. Um, and that part, I, I kind of get that. Like, I know we definitely like a lot of cancer stuff resonates with me as much as, and there's some Libras. I used to think that I was like classic quintessential Libra, but not all the way. And so once I learned about my cancer moon and stuff, I was like, ah, yes, that makes sense. More things make sense. Yeah. Just wait until you learn about your human design. You're going to be like, <laughs> it all starts to make sense. <laughs> and of course, for you guys, if you're ever wondering about your human design, you guys know, like in the show notes, I always have a link to where you can download a free chart. And you also have a link to be able to sign up with me um, to be able to get a human design embodiment session um, with me. If you're ever like, I really need somebody to help you. Like, obviously that's where at my zone is. And then I will be having a link for all of Maxie's things because I'm telling you right now, after you <laughs> listen to this, this podcast, you're going to want to go get a reading with Maxie. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So share with me a little bit, kind of like, uh, like your readings. Um, cause I know like everybody does 
you know, everybody says like, I, I do intuitive readings, I do intuitive card readings, but I know for some people they're going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I don't even know really what the fuck that means. Right. Like human design. I don't know what human yeah. design means. <laughs> why would I want to get a human design reading? Like, but yeah. why would somebody want to do an intuitive card reading with you? Um, kind of just like walk us through all that. Yeah. So my card readings are, um, they're intuitive in that I pull cards and then I, I tell you the story that the cards are presenting to me. So I generally don't read the guidebooks. Um, I don't, I mean, the messages that are on the actual cards, like I show you and I'll tell you what they are, but then they're jumping off points. But what happens is that it's truly like, sometimes there's like a story appears in the cards and I'll like rearrange it. Like, you know, I'll get a lot of like greens and purples and I'll kind of rearrange the cards and like around, around chakras or whatever, mm. or sometimes it'll be a story like a past, present, future, but like, I don't do traditional spreads, like any of the spreads that are like indicated with any of the decks I have. I don't, I don't even read the de- the books anymore. I just pull the cards and the story comes through. And sometimes it's like messages I hear. Sometimes it's imagery, something really weird that's been happening lately is um, like people who have passed away have been like appearing in my mind Mm. as I'm reading for people. So I did a reading a couple of weeks ago for the mother of a close friend of mine who passed away when I was about 20. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've not seen her in almost as long. And I read for her and her son, Jay, he appeared in my brain like so strongly that I got scared. At first of all, I started crying like in the middle of the reading. And I was like, I'm really sorry, but Jay's is my brain right now. And then I did a reading for a friend of mine yesterday or today. And a friend of hers who I didn't know who passed away appeared in my brain and was like, she wants you to know that she's here. So that kind of stuff happens. Wow. Sometimes I hear like, you know, this is an urgent thing you need to act on. Sometimes I hear like, if you don't do what the cards are calling you to do, this is what's going to happen or whatever. But it's like, it's a real like it's a story and a journey that I take you on. It's not just like, here's your past, present and future, not to like in any way denigrate the way other people read cards, but it, it just doesn't, it happens like just as randomly and scatterbrainedy as anything else I ever do. <laughs> like it's just, here's what comes through. And I was telling somebody the other day, like I do these readings and people like get emotional because they're so accurate and he was like yeah. but how do you do it and I was like I don't know like I just things come to me and I say them and they end up being right like I don't and, and he was like what is it and I was like uh it's God like I, I don't know what to say like I pray to God I say use me as a vessel and he does that's what I believe but he was like oh, God speaking through you <laughs> and I was like why is it so hard for sometimes for people to believe though I don't know. It's really interesting because I have always felt that God was speaking directly to me. It happens to me all the time. And I will often say like, well, I was going to do this, but then God told me to do this and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I actually watched this talk with um, some famous pastor. I think it was T.D. Jakes. And he was like, listen, God does not talk to people like that's not a regular, like, that's not a regular, regular thing that happens. Like Moses in the burning bush. That was like a once in a generation thing and like Moses was this like anointed prophet of God's like he God is not speaking to you on a regular basis and I was like well that's false (laughs) right (laughs) and it's kind of like it really for me like um earlier before we started recording we were talking about um your husband being like more woo-woo than he realizes and stuff yeah kind of what came through for me was that like kind of at the bottom of everything that I do is like I really 
I really want people to like develop their own understanding of God and their own understanding of how God works and their own relationship. So like, I personally believe that God is speaking to me and I believe that God speaks through me, through me in my card readings. Mm -hmm. Other people might not believe that, but you know, like there is no, I don't believe that there is any set way that God behaves, right? That I believe Mm -hmm. that God communicates with each of us in the way that we can receive it. And, but we're not taught, especially like in the kind of upbringing that I had, you're not taught that like, there are other ways of reaching God than prayer, sacrifice, fasting, tithing, whatever, you know? And so that's really like coaching, card reading, everything I do is an iteration of like, come, let me be the bridge, you know, not to like aggrandize myself, but like, I really want people to feel empowered to connect with God and see God as this like benevolent friend and support system and not like this stern cross old man, like scowling down at you and punishing you because so many people believe, and I don't believe at all that God punishes anybody for anything. Um, Yeah. So that's really what it comes down to. It's like, I ask God what to say and and then it comes to me and turns out yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm so on the same page with you with this whole, my connection with God, source, universe, you know, my, my spirit guides, like all of those things. Um, and yeah, it, it was funny. Cause I was, I was sharing with Maxie. I was like, my husband and me could not be more polar opposite. And a lot of our beliefs and how we kind of see the world and like the lens in which we see the world, um, which for a lot of people, they don't really understand then how that works in a marriage. Cause some of our, our lenses mm-hmm. are so completely different. They're like, doesn't that create friction? And I'm like, actually no. And, and it might just be because of how me and my husband both are in our perspectives. We're not ones to like, say, if you don't believe the way I think, then now I hate you. And <laughs> I'm going to like crucify you. And like do all these horrible things to you. We just recognize that everybody has different thoughts and beliefs and ways that they see the world. And for me personally, in the work that I do, I think what I've learned is that everybody, that everyone's energy brings something to the collective, even sometimes the energies that might feel a little less than fun. To maybe be around, <laughs> putting it <laughs> right. That's like the way I can put it. Like they're maybe a little less fun to be around, but I feel like everybody's activating something within the collective to heal and to shift and to move. And sometimes we unfortunately have these activators in our life that are less than fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's all about, okay, well then how am I just interacting with that energy and then placing sacred boundaries so that I'm ensuring that I'm protecting my own energy and all, all of that stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. anyway, so getting back to my husband, yeah, I mean, he jokes around that he married like a gypsy or like <laughs> some type of witch. He's like, I don't know what it is. I married. He's like, it gets weirder and weirder by the moment. <laughs> right I mean he comes into my office and he just kind of gets that look like I don't really know what's going on in here but (laughs) do your thing babe (laughs) like it is what it is right Mm -hmm. um but I think like I said it works because he's not in here telling me how I need to be or do and he just knows Mm -hmm. it makes me happy and that's all that matters and so that is kind of how I, I look at this conversation 
that I'm mm-hmm. having with God. It's, it yeah. might look a lot different than the other person that they feel like they go to God, you know, and they, they communicate through God when they go to church and they, they follow certain principles that way. And I'm like, I feel like I'm connecting to God and loving force energy when I'm sitting in my room mm-hmm. with all my pillows yeah. and my cards and my journal and my crystals. And that's where I feel the most connected. So mm-hmm. kind of share a little bit more about that, because I think that there are people that I, 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 I get a lot of like people, listeners that come to the show. Right. And I feel like it's like a wide range of people, but I do think there's a lot of people that are kind of like in that dabbling, like new space. And so they're kind of like, what do I, you know, cards, like, I don't know, should be working with cards or I've had even people (laughs) be like, I don't know. Cards is where I draw the line. Cause I've heard some like evil, weird things about cards. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Because, um, way back when I, so my sort of spiritual awakening started with, um, I did a yoga teacher training. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember we, uh, were chanting one day, like a Ganesha chant or something. And I had never chanted before and I didn't want to do it. I was very uncomfortable because I was like, this is like, um, what is it? Uh, blasphemy. Right. I was mm-hmm. like, I can't chant to a God other than God. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. And I didn't, I just didn't do it, you know, in the moment, but I, was thinking about it afterwards. I don't know why, I guess I, I, but I thought about it and then eventually kind of just occurred to me, or I would say God said to me that like, it's just a name, right? You know, like Hindu people call God Ganesha or they call him Lakshmi or they call him whatever. But in my understanding of God, it's all the same God that we're all praying to. And we're just using different pathways to get it. That's my interpretation that's what like that's the belief that I adopted in order to be able to participate in chants which then like evolved into all of these other rituals Mm -hmm. um and um yeah like I said I have always believed like you know um I grew up I grew up like my family like my parents are Catholic and I went to Catholic school and stuff and then my wider family is like born again Christian so like a little bit more restrictions around what was and wasn't okay and like horoscopes and stuff Halloween all that kind of stuff was like frowned upon in my larger family Mm -hmm. and I I remember just even as a teenager thinking like your horoscope is just God saying what he needs to say to you in a way that you'll receive it right because for me if I hear God speaking in my head I'm like great good to hear from you I've been waiting for you to come and talk to me but other people if God all of a sudden started talking in your head, you would freak, you'd freak out. You'd take yourself to the psych ward. So he'll put it in a newspaper and a horoscope because you believe in that and you'll receive it. And I just Mm. think, you know, it's so. It's a beautiful way of looking at it. Right. It's like, (laughs) what's the channel? And I love that. Like, what's the, the, how can I get this message, you know, to them in the energy of which they can receive it? I love Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I mean, I like it too. Like I like to think about God, like I said, as like this loving benevolent protector who wants the best for you. And, you know, the more you can tune in and submit and go with the flow of what is ordained for you, the easier or the easier life is. Um, and then like, it makes me sad. Like I remember in that same yoga teacher training talking about God once and somebody saying that when she thought about God. She thought about this like old man with a white beard and like crossed arms, like scowling down at her from above. And I, 
I remember like that sat on my heart for a long time. Like I was like, it's so sad. I remember bringing it up at like, you know, because in my family, when we have family gatherings, we always have to say what we're thankful for. It's not just a Thanksgiving thing. We always have to do that. And I remember saying, like telling the story and saying like how grateful I was that I grew up with a different understanding of God because like, even like in the times of my life when things were really bad and I was like, fuck you, God, I don't believe in you anymore. I still believe in God. Like I cannot not. And it's Mm. such a comfort to me. And it makes me sad that some people weren't taught to experience God that way. And so, yeah, that's really like the underpinning of everything that I do. And it just like morphs into different forms. But I feel like, you know, the more aligned and dropped in I get and the more like my messaging and my purpose kind of like distills and I peel back the layers the more it's like basically like an apostle like it's really basically come down to it's God like it's energy it's love it's empowerment it's acceptance it's all this but really it's all it's just God that's really what I'm here to talk about so yeah yeah. and I love this so much because I mean for a really really long time so I don't know if I, I feel like I've talked about this at some point, probably on, on the social medias, but maybe not here on the podcast. I mean, so Mm -hmm. my background, my, my mother was raised in in an all Catholic home, like went to the, to, you know, with the nuns, all girls Mm -hmm. school. Right. Right. And so she's, she always says, she's like, I carried the Catholic, the Catholic shame and guilt Mm -hmm. because the nuns always told her, do not question anything because then you're questioning God. And so there was always, she carried a lot of that kind of stuff. And so Mm -hmm. I grew up more in a home that my mom kind of just like abandoned all those things because she felt like it was so pushed upon her and everything was so like, Mm-hmm. you can't question anything. You can't this, or then you're bad. And so she was just like, I wanted, she wanted me and my sister just to kind of like find our own way mm-hmm. within our own connection, um, and find our own self in that whole process. And so what kind of, I think the way you delivered it is so beautiful because I always looked at it like, Oh my God, I was so resistant than to like church, God, religion, any of those things as I was growing up, um, Mm -hmm. because I was being met with kids that were like, I'm sorry, you don't go to church. You don't go to do these things. Like your parents (laughs) are probably evil. And I was getting ripped into churches with like families. Cause if I stayed the Mm -hmm. night on a Saturday, they yeah. were like, have her stay the night on Saturday and then she'll go to church with us so on Sunday. Right. And they were like yeah. ripping me into churches and they were like, save her. Right. <laughs> and I was like in fifth and sixth grade and I had no idea what was going on. And I'm like, this is yeah. so weird. Mm-hmm. Like, why do they think there's mm-hmm. something wrong with me? Right. And so I went through this big, long, um, just feeling I'm resistant to that. So the way that I feel like this love and this energy and this connection to God came through all of these other things, because mm-hmm. this all felt really like, um, like home to me. And I was feeling all those feelings that I think that that's essentially what people were wanting for me, right? They were wanting mm-hmm. me to have this deeper connection greater than me to something greater than myself and to get these intuitive, um, led gifts and these messages. And, but they were pouring through when I was, you know, in meditation, journaling, connecting more into my energy work, um, working with cards, um, working with Mm. other energy healers and readers. And that's how messages started to come through me. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's beautiful for people to really understand that I don't, it's never like one way is better than the other. It's always just, everything looks a little different, but it's how you're receiving it. And 
And I feel like that's even too, is like all of this boils down to, right. Is like just trusting your own discernment. I feel like people mm-hmm. aren't locked in enough to their own discernment and just trusting. Yeah. Right. Like, and so mm-hmm. that's how I look at even readings. It's like, yes. when I get a pool to have somebody read for me, there's like, I just, I trust and know that something's going to come channeled through them. That mm-hmm. needs to, that message yes. needs to be heard exactly. through them for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and so I know you, like, that's what you are. You're just like a pure channel for like source energy to come through. Right. You. I, that's yeah. That's what I try to be. And I know like when I do readings often, like I was saying to you earlier, like sometimes like it, the words come through really strongly. I can really feel and see energy. Like sometimes I see colors around people and stuff. And um, it's kind of like, sometimes I know that what I, all, everything that I'm saying is just an affirmation of what you already know. And I will often say in my readings, like you already know, there's nothing I'm going to say to you that you don't already know. You just need to hear me say it. And that's fine. Right. It's like, I think why um, things resonate for people is that it's really just an affirmation because we're not, and I mean, I'm not exempt from this either, you know, like we, you can be dropped in and tuned into your own intuition and know your truths and stuff, but still need just to hear it from someplace else. Um, and, you know, like struggling with like the need for like external proof of your internal truths is like my forever <laughs> struggle. So I understand that, but like, yeah, I think a lot of it is that it's people are just like, they already had all this stuff. They already mm-hmm. had like this kind of sense of their own power or the sense of their calling on their life. It's always, it's usually like a call for something bigger and they just don't believe that they're worthy of it. And then, so to hear me say it feels like it's truer because we don't have that like discernment of like, or like that self-trust to say that like my instincts, my intuition is the most correct thing. And I actually said that in a reading for um, a friend of mine yesterday that she had asked me these specific questions and I was like I'll tell you right now the cards are telling you like I was literally hearing in my head like we are not going to tell you the answer because you already have it you just need to look (laughs) inward so here's your permission slip to try because it was like the energy of the reading was like intuitively she knew the answers but it felt like too big of a decision to rely on intuition Mm. and so the cards were just saying like it's okay to drop in and she wrote back she wrote me back afterwards and was like yeah it's everything that I was thinking and I just needed to hear you say it and I mean it's just like what a beautiful gift to be able to give people I know how much I need like I need those permission slips all the time right so it's really it's really nice to be able to do it and I always pray like when I pray at the beginning of a reading I always say like thank you God for letting me do this to people because there's like so much stuff that's in people's hearts. They just don't feel confident to do, even though they know it. And just to like have me show up and say, yeah, you're fine. You're good. Go for it. Yeah. It's like, if that makes a difference like that, not to be like all corny or whatever, but like, it's a very compelling thing for me. It feels really, really good. So. I love all that. I was like, oh my God, I feel like I had so many nights Sorry, I coming. So much. <laughs> no, I'm like, talk away. That's why you're like... here. <laughs> Use your throat. Like, I've been talking for 20 minutes. I don't know what you asked. You asked me what time it was. And 20 minutes later, <laughs> I finished the stand-in. <laughs> I wanna, I wa- I, we want to hear all the things. Like there were so many things that were coming up for me with that. It's funny enough. Okay. I have to, 
Hold on. I have to, I would, I, I pull cards for myself too, right? Like oh. usually whenever I feel called, sometimes it's every morning and sometimes I'll go days without it. And today mm-hmm. I pulled all these cards and it's so funny because when you were talking, I was like, oh my God, that's literally the card. That was oh, pulled. oh my God. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> it's down, it's down here on the floor. You guys, <laughs> I'm coming back. So I had pulled this card and it was a uh, breath of the cosmos. And mm. it says my will to thy will. And it was all, all talking about like, sometimes we're just, we're in this process of like trying to will the way ourselves versus mm-hmm. handing over yeah. to thy will. Right. And it was like, yeah. it's kind of like what you, this whole, like what you were saying, right. We're just, we don't trust enough these yeah. intuitive messages that like God source universe, however you label it is trying mm-hmm. to help us. Like thy yeah. will is trying to support us. And we're sometimes mm-hmm. so in the like, Oh no, 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 no. I can't do that. Or I shouldn't do it that way or whatever. Or you're just so clicked out that you're like, it's mm-hmm. my will. I have to do, I have to do all of these things. Yeah. And yeah. It's like when we allow ourselves to just open up more to thy will. And I think that that's a lot of times what, you know, you get to receive when you get to work with somebody who gets to be a really beautiful channel, because for you, Maxie, you're not carrying any of those like fear blockers, right. That I'm carrying. So you're just getting the pure, like here it comes. And so you can, you can say it all. And it's like, it it was literally like hearing what was going on inside my head. It was the (laughs) freakiest thing I had to get. Cause I was laying next to my husband. He was like taking a nap next to me Mm -hmm. and I put my headphones in. And the minute I started listening, it was like, holy crap. She's been in my head for the last God knows how many days. And you were saying literally everything that I had been struggling with and going over with. And you were just confirming all these things that I'm immediately starting to cry that I had to get up and move out of the room. Cause I was like, Kyle's going to wake up and be like, what is wrong with you? So I had to go sit out in the kitchen away. And I was just like sobbing out there, but it was because you were just able to be that channel of just thy will and just like saying everything that needed to be said. And you did in the reading, you were like, and I know I'm saying to you and you feel because you were giggling too. Cause you're like, I know, I know, you know, I know, you know, this <laughs> like on a lot of levels yeah. and I'm like laughing, I'm like laughing, crying the whole time, um, through it. Cause I was like, Oh my God. Yeah, this is so yeah. true. But I mean, this was literally what was coming up Um, and I, and then I had another card that, um, it was like loosen your grip, coping Mm. mechanisms, destiny, addiction, let God in. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, cards, I get it. Right. But it's understanding that it's, I want people to understand, and maybe you could explain this a little bit more too, that it's because some people think like they're handing their power away by using something else versus still Mm. continuing to trust within themselves. And I'm like, that's not how I look at it. I feel like it's a, it's a further communication between me and God or, or, you know, me and my highest self. It's just this back and forth versus me just trying to will my own way all by myself. It's just like, yeah. that's how I look. It's like a conversation that I get to have with my own energy. Like I kind of think of it as like, um, like ordering meals. Like a long time ago, I had, um, an energy reading where she talked about like giving the universe your order, the way you give an order in the restaurant. And I kind of think like, you know, tuning into your own intuition, asking your own questions and all of that. That's like walking over to the kitchen and telling the chef what you want to eat. That's fine. It's a straight shot, whatever. Using intuitive tools or like third party 
you know, third parties to intercede on your behalf. It's just telling a waitress what you want, you know, like you're Mm. just telling me, Hey, I would like to hear what's available. And I'm just giving you like, it's not even like, I'm not even repeating back. It's like, I'm opening up my mouth and the answers are just spilling right through me. You know, that's all like that to me. It's like, it's the difference. Like there's not a lot of, I work hard not to let my own opinion, my own, you know, influence or whatever. I, that's part of the prayer I say before every reading to like, let me be objective. Let me not try to persuade or influence or whatever, unless it's somebody, you know, that I'm close to. Um, so it's like, but it's a trust thing. It's a surrender thing. Like for me, I think, you know, I did a reading for somebody the other day and the energy that was coming, it was like a friend, somebody that I knew had bought a reading for me. She liked the reading. So she bought a reading for a friend of hers. So I did not know this lady from Adam. Right. (laughs) And she was doing, I did the reading for her and I was feeling this sort of like skeptic energy. Right. I was like, I'm getting a real sense that like, you're looking at me, like this broad is full of shit. And I said, (laughs) like, you know, not to be (laughs) the Messiah about it all, but just like consider like the absurdity of the fact that you're sitting here listening to me talk now, like you don't know me, you would never have come across me. The friend of hers, you know, who had bought the reading for her was a friend, like a girl I had worked with 20 years ago. I haven't seen or spoken to her in that time. She just happened to see my post. I was like, just like consider the chain of events that had to occur in order for you. Like, do you see how, how urgent it is that like, all the hoops God left through to get this message to you in a way that you would receive, right? Because God mm. could just talk in your brain if you would receive it. But if you're not, then he's going to create these crazy coincidences and synchronicities and stuff. And like, you just got to go with, like, even just me starting to do the card readings was completely random. Like, Blair, what I tell you when I woke up in the morning, card readings were not on my mind. I was not thinking about cards. I had never considered, I had never done a card reading before in my life. Like I, it's not a thing for me. I had gotten some, I don't know. I had pulled out some Oracle cards, did the thing, you know, that everybody does on Instagram where it's like, pick a pile, pick a pile. So I did a pile A, pile B. And I was like, well, this is much more labor intense. So I had to like retake the picture a million times. (laughs) Then I realized like, you know, Andy does this every day. And this seems completely easy when she does it. So whatever, took all this mechanics, flipped it over, pile A, pile B. I posted it. I just typed out the messages from the cards on things. And then I was just like, let me see what would happen if I tried going deeper. And I recorded these two IGT videos. I was like, if you pick pile A, this is a message. If you pick pile B, here's your message. And somebody commented on one of the videos and she was like, like, I'm in tears right now. Like you have no idea how spot on this was. And it was like, I had done no preparation. I didn't tune in. I didn't open my chakras. I like all of the gobbledygook that I do now before I do a reading, I didn't do any of that. I just opened up my mouth and started talking and it was resonant for her. And I was like, Oh, maybe I could do this for more people. So I went on Facebook and I was like, Hey, who wants a free reading? I mean, yeah. And a bunch of people asked for free and I started 20 and then I just started doing it. And it was like, I was born to do this. Like it was like, you seriously um, are. Yeah. Like, and like now it's like, I can say, and like all the time, you know, when I still identify as a coach and I still coach people like during my readings, even though I try not to, but like all the time when I was trying to be a coach, it just never felt right. I just couldn't conceive of what else could it, what else could I be doing? And then it was like, oh, this, okay. I see now. Thanks God. I get it now. This is what I was supposed to be doing. Like, cause when I'm like 
doing it, it feels natural. And I don't like, as a coach, I always think like, am I talking about, or even right now, like, am I talking too much? Am I rambling? Am I repeating myself? Do I look sweaty? Whatever. I'm worried about all the <laughs> shit, you know, but in the card readings, I'm like banging on the table. I'm like, what, like, I don't, I'm not thinking about myself and it's just, it just feels really natural. And I'm like, Oh, I see now. Thank you. <laughs> well, for it. me <laughs> as within what I do with human design is always, you know, I'm, I'm teaching people how to harness their, their energy. Right. Mm -hmm. And the way that they're supposed to be exchanging their energy and, and how, how human design literally works is it, it's based off of looking at like when we were living more communally tribally, and we were, we were more consciously aware that we were dependent on, on one another, right. We're not Mm -hmm. as consciously aware that we're dependent on one another and that we're exchanging energy with everyone. We really think that we're kind of just like living our own life in our own lane, doing our own thing. And the impact is only within the four walls of our home, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's where we can see like direct impact of my child and like my spouse or, or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe the people we work with, if we work outside our home. Right. And we're very like, that's the the scope in which we, we see our power. Mm -hmm. Whereas like human design, it really, you know, it's, it's talking about this energy exchange that we're having on like such a bigger level. And so if we were all living together, like we were back in, you know, how many hundreds or thousands of years ago, and we were living Mm -hmm. in little like units of tribes or communities, we all had a place, we all had an energy exchange of something that we were doing. And so Mm -hmm. we all had our own innate gifts and because we were more clicked into these innate gifts and because we were all, we were shining our light a lot differently and the whole right. tribe would be thriving because mm-hmm. of it. Right. And we would, you yeah. know, be whatever it was of the, the vision or the mission of this community, which is so funny. Cause Maxie, you now I'm all thinking about is the story you were telling me about your family before we got oh. on this. And I'm like, <laughs> that's literally what I feel like your family is, is essentially doing. It's trying to harness yeah each other's gifts and energies effectively so that you guys can be this like thriving unit, um, Mm -hmm. together versus very singularly. And so I love when I see another energy type really owning their energy and stepping into it. There is no one certain way to show up in your energy every single day. You know, mm-hmm. people think, um, oh, projectors can only do this job or a manifesting generator can do this job or a generator should do this job. Right. They start labeling and can, all these yeah. like things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's always still based off of like intuitively what feels right for you. And how are you then amplifying and magnifying that energy out? Because that energy mm-hmm. is what's going to create like a beautiful ripple effect. And so for you, Maxie, being a Manny Jen, like you're literally life force energy you create life force energy inside of you. And when you're in your truth and what lights you truly up, it's like, it's literally like a, like a fire inside your stomach Mm -hmm. and it literally ignites all that life force energy. And then it just pours back out into the rest of the collective. That's so interesting. That's really interesting to me. It's a beautiful exchange to watch. And so I've never heard it described in that way at all, but like I've been noticing since I've been doing more energy work and card readings and stuff, like just like how my, like the physical sensations of energy are becoming like so much stronger. Mm-hmm. I did um, a Reiki session on um, my former partner actually the other day. 
And like, when I put my hand over like one of his energy centers, it hurt. Like I went out and I like snatched my hand away. Like the energy that was coming up mm-hmm. was so, and I never experienced that. Like I hadn't experienced it with someone else. It happens to me sometimes where I'll breathe into like a chakra and feel like a pain, like there's so much there, but it's like, I have noticed that it's getting so much stronger and more potent lately. And I was like, what is this about? I was like, is I kind of was like, is it my imagination is just getting more powerful or is this like, but like, see so you saying that, like, I create life force energy inside of me. That kind of like makes sense. Like, I feel yeah. like the more that I'm tuned in and because I'm making my energy more of a priority. Yep. It's like, it feels like it's getting stronger. Like even just said to me the other day, like your gifts are coming in. Like, you know, your milk is coming in after you have a baby. Yeah. Like, you're <laughs> Which yeah. that is always a weird sensation for anyone who's yeah. breastfed. It's, really, <laughs> no, it's not, that's not, a, I mean, it's good, but it's not a great feeling. It's a weird was, feeling. Like, you want to hear something funny when I always, um, <laughs> when I had my kids. So my kids were, um, preemies, they're twins. And, um, my daughter had a growth restriction. So I had been in the hospital for about six weeks before they were born. And they were born about seven weeks early on Christmas Eve. So the babies were born at night, like around 11 o'clock at night. I was allowed to see them after like maybe an hour for like two minutes. I saw them and I went to bed. Anyways, I woke up the next morning and it was Christmas. So nobody really bothered me on Christmas, but on boxing day, that's not a thing there, but boxing day, the day after Christmas, it's a holiday here. A doctor came in and he was like, where's the milk, mom? Where's the milk? The babies are hungry. Where's the milk? Is the milk coming in? And I was like, oh shit, because I had my nipple pierced. I had had my nipple pierced for years before I got pregnant, kind of knew, oh, you're going to have to do something about that. But then I was trapped in the hospital for six weeks before the children were born. And I didn't have that much notice when they were going to come anyway so I had my sister snuck me out we had to sneak out of the hospital go to some tattoo parlor that happened to be open around the corner because the milk was coming and I can't come you know oh like my God. they give you those fucking industrial <laughs> you <laughs> I, they do. I just realized like the absurdity of this story like but yeah hospital breast pumps are hardcore man like that thing would have sucked that <laughs> ring right up. anyway <laughs> So I, I don't know how we came to this plan, but we ended up calling around oh finding God. a place that happened to be open on Boxing Day. My sister came and she snuck me to the hospital. We went and I remember I had to go upstairs to the second floor. So this is Thursday. I had the babies on Tuesday. We go to this place. I had a C-section just to be clear. Oh my God. I had C-section. So that's like a lot to go do that. Girl. Taking me up this fucking mountain of stairs and I'm walking and I get about halfway up and I'm like, Oh, sorry. And she turns around and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I just had a C-section on Tuesday. And she's like, what are you doing? Oh my God. <laughs> my milk is coming in. I gotta get this thing out. Like the doctors were sweating me. Like, you don't know how pressed they are. They were all over me, man. Every time I showed that face in the NICU, they were like, where's the milk, mom? anyway so I had to get the nipple take the piercing taken out and I walked back all those stairs and sneak back into the hospital so I could pump so the kids could have their milk because whatever so when she said your milk is coming in it feels like she didn't say your milk is coming in she said your gifts are coming in but that's what I heard you're like do you know what I went through to get the milk to fully come in for sure Girl, I, I kind of feel a trauma thing. response popping up yeah. in my nervous system right now. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> it was just, I remember like all that frantic, desperate energy of like, mm-hmm. I gotta get the milk. I gotta, the babies need the milk. I need the milk. I need the milk. I gotta go. Like, and it was like, yeah, I forgot every, you know, it's like they press you so much. I don't know if it's like that everywhere, but here they press you so much for breast milk. Like there was no, well, we can just give them formula until you get yourself straightened out. It was like, no, you need to figure your shit out because your babies need milk right now. And it was just like, yeah, forgot everything. I'm just like, the milk is coming. The milk is coming. The babies need the milk. (laughs) And you're talking about like, I have two and three pounds. Like my babies are two and three pounds. They're drinking like 15, 20 milliliters of water sitting. That's a fucking tablespoon. So like all of this work for them to drink like one or two tablespoons of breast milk at a time. <laughs> it was just so insane. So now like, always it can be that story, right? You're like, yeah. do you know what I went through <laughs> I, for I, your I milk? Like, somebody <laughs> cut me open on Christmas Eve so that you could have <laughs> okay, you know? Oh my God. Oh God, those kids, they don't have a prayer, man. <laughs> <laughs> Like, what better mom guilt is there than <laughs> cut me open on Christmas Eve? I spent six weeks in the hospital making sure you guys were okay. But I love it. Their little souls said, nope, we're coming and we're coming now. Yeah. See, and, now and, and of course, me being my little human design nerdy self, I was like, I need to see their charts and I need to see <laughs> what it was that they were like, nope, we must enter the world now. It's the soul really funny. must yeah. enter the body now for this energy <laughs> that we are here to enforce. Get us there. I would like love to see it too. Cause I think I've done their charts. I'm pretty sure they're projectors, um, but I don't know. Like I know less than nothing about projectors, but yeah, it was really funny the way it happened because it was like, you know, they were due on Valentine's day. When I went into the hospital six weeks early, they were like, you're, you're not making it to Valentine's day. Just accept that right now. You're having preemies govern yourself accordingly. So we had set a date, January 11th or something, 35 weeks. They were like, fine, we'll do that. Mm -hmm. That's safe. And it was the next day. Like I was about to go home for Christmas vacation. They were going to give me a weekend pass and they just gave me, and like, here's a good example of like being dropped in and discernment and all this, because I had been in the hospital for six weeks. I was having ultrasounds every day. I know how to read an ultrasound at this point. I know exactly what they're looking for. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's Christmas Eve. It's all like skeleton staff it was some doc, some random doctor giving me an ultrasound. And as soon as I saw that she was a doctor, I was like, Oh Jesus, where's the nurses? Like, I don't trust you. And she's looking <laughs> at the ultrasound. So we're both looking at the screen and she's like, yep, yep. Everything looks good. And I'm like, but what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And she's like, no, everything's fine. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I go back to my room. The doctor on rounds comes. She's like, everything looks fine. You can go home. And I'm like, are you sure about that? And she was like, Oh yeah, everything's fine. And I was like, I think you need to like flip the page of my chart and look at this number and this number. Like she was just like, if I had listened to her, I don't know what happened, but I was like, no, you're wrong. I don't care who you are. Mm. I've been paying attention here. You just got here. That's not right. And there was like this old Jamaican lady nurse with her. And she just looked at me. She winked at me like, she's like, I'll make sure she reads your chart. And she did. And then they delivered me because it was time. Like if I, I knew that, Mm. but like, and I mean, I wasn't the same person as I was back then. So like the fact that I like opened up my mouth and insisted like, no, I don't, <laughs> you're wrong. I don't care what you say. Um, like, we just don't learn that as women. And especially like women like me, like first generation immigrant, like child of immigrants, we don't learn about arguing back and like dropping in and like knowing what you know and pushing back. But like, I met so many women because I was in the hospital for such a long time. I had so many roommates and I met so many women that like lost babies because they came in feeling like something's wrong 
and people were like, no, no, you were fine. And they were like, okay, like they took that person's judgment over like the sensations of their own bodies mm-hmm. and they lost babies. I must have had like four roommates in six weeks, all in the same situation. Every single one of them knew something was wrong, got pushed back when they got to the hospital and ended up losing a baby. And I was like, fuck this shit. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, it wasn't even that's not going to happen to me, but it was like, I guess it empowered me to be like, you're not going to tell me. You don't know better than me. You just got here. Like, I've been here watching these scans. Like, there's something wrong. Yeah. So. And there's yeah, something even to be said, right? When we really do lock into our own, our, like, it's not even so, I don't even know. I mean, it is my intuitive voice, but there is something that happens like with women, especially when we start to become mothers, like there's mm-hmm. this, like, this whole other level of intuitiveness that I clicked into yeah, that I think only another sure. mother can really fully understand when you become yeah. a mom, like you really do. And I, and I do think that that's also really what started opening me up even more so intuitively into certain channels and in different ways of, yeah, I had to really start, um, advocating for myself, especially in women's mm-hmm. healthcare, because right. just like you, I experienced like a lot of things like that, where I would have doctors, nurses, stuff like they would tell me everything's fine. And I'd be like, something's not fine. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, but I just, I know like in my right. body, I know yeah. something's not right. So mm-hmm. you guys need to figure it out. And of course, you know, doctors and nurses, I don't know how many times they would look at me like I was nuts or I'm sure they thought like, oh, she's just being a difficult patient or whatever. But I mean, I'm glad that you brought this up because we as women really do need to become more clicked in to what our body, I call our body's language, right? Like Mm -hmm. listening, learning the language of our body. All of us has a different language that our body's Mm -hmm. trying to talk to us. Right. Yeah. And it's so like where my point, which I completely forgot when I was telling that story, because I was like, how did I get on (laughs) But like, it's part of what like made me so like, I'm, if I'm passionate about anything, it's about like, first of all, like knowing, like knowing, like trusting your own judgment over like an external opinion of like the facts of your life. Like we don't get taught that as women, as immigrants, as marginalized people, like we are not empowered to push back and do what we know is best. And like, it's so important. And even just like, to take all the melodrama out of it just like it's no big deal to say something that is uncomfortable like to say something true that makes other people uncomfortable like the sky is not gonna fall down like they're like I'm in no way like meaning to place blame but like this idea that like you know something is wrong and you don't want to you don't want to assert that because you don't want to offend the doctor you don't want to offend someone that you have internalized as being above you or whatever and like the tragedies that come out of that because we're socialized to like not be impolite and it's Mm. like no fuck that be impolite say what's on your heart like because bad like because it's important and it's your right like just and it's no big deal so that so that fucking doctor that I said you didn't read my chart properly so she didn't like me maybe she went to her Christmas dinner and she talked shit about this bitch who made her I'm sorry I don't give a fuck like if I didn't do that who knows what would have happened to my kids? Like, I don't know where I wasn't raised to be like that, but it's like, I know it happened that way because it's like, you can see I'm getting amplified now. Right. Like it's Mm -hmm. like, it taught me the urgency of like telling other people like, no, fuck being polite, fuck making people uncomfortable. If you know you're right, then you are right. So just fucking, and so what if you're wrong? 
So what if you're wrong? Right? Like I love it's that. not a big deal. Yeah. It is so it's so urgent. And like the thing is about like having a daughter is like it just made me like on an instinctive level, like like just so like I just can't sit in discomfort in the same way that I could. Like I just can't swallow feelings. Like I've gotten way more of a big mouth and a shit disturber since I had kids than I ever was before. And part of it is like, I just don't have patience for anybody else's bullshit. But part of it is like, I'm so aware always of what I'm modeling for my kids, but my daughter, especially the like, I don't want to see my daughter. I don't want her to see me swallow shit. Cause I don't want her to ever grow up and think that that's okay. Like I never want my daughter to like prioritize people's uh, comfort over her her own like and so like my kid my daughter my both my kids have autism I think I told you that before right mm-hmm. and I taught my daughter from like the age of four that like when she's in school and people are not looking at her face to face like engaging with her no I can't understand you like you cannot stand up here you need to get down to my eye level and look me in the eye and speak to me like she needs to assert that for herself she's not going to be like you're not I was like you're not going to sit there and be lost in class because your teacher can't remember to like bend down and look you in the eye. Like you need to assert yourself and whoever doesn't like it, I don't give a shit. But like, I want my kid to both my kids, but like my daughter, especially like, I don't want her to swallow. And so it's like, it's, if I don't want her to grow up swallowing shit that I have to stop swallowing it myself, (laughs) whether I want to or not, like, you know, you just can't sit in that like low vibe behavior anymore. Once you have kids, once oh, yeah. you're aware, you know, how much of an influence do you have? Mm-hmm. You it's know, really it's beautiful. The transformations that come right from being a mother. Mm-hmm. And I know definitely like both my children, I always say that I'm like, Oh, the lessons that they teach me <laughs> I know. on a daily basis, <laughs> what I have birthed into this world. Wow. Right. Like, and like it's a big People always sit there and they're like, oh, well, you know, they're the way they are because, you know, how you've mothered them. And then there's a part of it. I'm like, well, yes, but also I just think that they just came in with their own little force of energy. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of there. I'm the soul they picked to be the, you know, to help influence that and just love it and shine more light Mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. You have like a big, a biggish age gap between your kids, right? Yes. How big is it? So my oldest uh, turned 19 in March and then my youngest turns 10 in September. Is there like a different, I know this is your podcast, you're the host, but oh, I would ask you, like, are, are there like a lot of differences, like how your own personal evolution has like informed your parenting? Cause you know, my kids are the exact same age. They're always getting the same version of me, mm-hmm. but like, do, do, is there like a way that they've had kind of different moms? I think because yes. of the way you grow in, in some ways, yes. And I think that that's because they both, and I think it's just because I was in different, completely different stages of life. Mm-hmm. Right. So my oldest came from my previous marriage. And so for a lot of years, I mean, I, I divorced my ex-husband when my oldest was probably like, oh my gosh, how old was he? Four, five, somewhere in there. It was like four or five. Mm-hmm. And then I was a single mom and I was also living in another state. So we had moved to Vegas for my ex-husband's job. And so I was in Washington and then we were there. So I had no family support. 
nothing, wow. single mom, yeah. going through a not so fun divorce. I don't know anybody who says a divorce is fun, but like mine was real not fun. <laughs> yeah, okay. Real, it was real not fun. And <laughs> being that far away from any sort of support system whatsoever and trying to be a single mom. And I mean, I wasn't young, young, but I was young enough. I was, I was nine months pregnant on my 21 run. Oh right. <laughs> so <laughs> I was nice. like, yay for Blair, everyone else drink for me while I, you know, <laughs> turned 21. I, you know, a month later or so is when I popped and had him. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so it's like obviously that time frame was way different. So I'm just mm-hmm. trying to navigate still being somewhat of a newish mom, a young mom, a now single mom, going through mm-hmm. a divorce, trying to get released from moving back home so I can be home. And just all of those things of, yeah. you know, trying to find yourself even through your twenties, you know, mm-hmm. is a journey in and of I itself. Yeah. Yeah. And so what I think my youngest experience definitely than what my oldest, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of shifts and changes for now my youngest and the things that I've gone through, because he's experienced now through my spiritual awakening, um, yeah. as so as my oldest, but right. You know, they were just at different points of their own conscious awareness of what was going on mm-hmm. in my life. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. Right. So it, it's some things I, I look at my oldest and I think, man, I wish I could have been at this stage now versus mm-hmm. what you watched me go through. Cause you watched me go through like really bad postpartum depression with my youngest. And oh. obviously at me being a single mom for a lot of years and the struggle mm-hmm. that I went through, through all of that. Um, but then again, it's like, I see how both my kids are and their energies. Mm-hmm. And for those of you guys that know the, the human design part, both of them are manifestors, which is, mm-hmm. is weird enough in itself. Cause there's not that many manifestors born and yeah. they're born less and less and less. Wow. And the fact that I birthed two is kind of like, <laughs> I don't know how I did that, <laughs> but I mean, I, it, it's like one of those things they picked both those times to enter my life during those, obviously to be mothered by me through those experiences. Mm-hmm. Cause obviously right. it molded them and helped them and shaped them in some way. Right. Right. Um, yeah. and obviously they needed to have their dads. They, they needed their dads and those were the dads that they both needed. And mm-hmm. they're both influential in different ways within their lives. So right. it's, yeah. Yeah. It's all, I mean, it's always working out exactly the way it's supposed to, but sometimes it just feels more, (laughs) that just feels more true than others for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely pieces that I feel like from my youngest that I wish my oldest had when he was young and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like I was like, man, I wish I was a better mom. I wish I was doing mom stuff here over here or like, but you know what? That's mom guilt. Like you can, you always feel like you're not doing anything. Exactly. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I always think like, Cause I never planned to have kids. So I ended up having my kids. I think I was like 37 when they were born. Um, and like at that time, you know, I had screw friends, like all my friends like had had their kids when they were like 19, 20 years old. So they're like, they're re-entering freedom, right? They're in mm-hmm. their, their kids are teenagers. They're off living their lives. Now we can party and we can hang and whatever. Like we're going out we're like in our late thirties, like going out to bars and going out for Chinese food afterwards and coming home at four o'clock in the morning, we all have jobs or whatever, but like, (laughs) that's the life I was living. And then I have these kids and it's just like, I'm so tired. Like everything is so much more tiring in your forties than 
it was in your 30s or your 20s and sometimes I'm like god I wish I had if I had known I was going to have kids I wish I would have had them 10 years earlier so I would have more physical energy because like there's just so much where I'm just like guys mommy I'm sorry like mommy's so tired I just can't do it I'm sorry mm-hmm. um but then also I know like I got the kids I got at the time that I was supposed to have them if I had had them 10 years earlier it would have been a different story but I'm always like what would it be like to be a young mother and, have <laughs> and I can flip around and say I've been the young somewhat ish new uh, young mom and then you know somewhere I was <laughs> I found out I was pregnant with my son, my youngest son, um, right before I turned 30. So mm-hmm. I was like, so when I had my 40, I just had my 40th. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, and I had a hysterectomy. So there was no way for me now to have another baby. So I was like, ain't nobody <laughs> shutting down my uterus or the fun for this 40th because my 21 run, I was nine months. My 30th, yeah. I just found out I was pregnant. So there went my 30th. I was like, nothing right. is happening for my 40th. <laughs> Oh my God. I would love to have a birthday hysterectomy. I'm so jealous. I've been begging my doctor for like years now and they, they won't let me do it. So, which is a whole other thing, but I don't know how we want to talk about hysterectomy. (laughs) It's like the dream of my life. Like when you said that, I was like, Oh my God, I'm so jealous. (laughs) Like the dream of my life to have hysterectomy. Oh Lord. You make it happen. I know. Like I was like, as soon as COVID's over, cause like, I mean, whatever you talk about, you talk about everything on your podcast. Right. So I'll share. Yeah. So like, I have something called adenomyosis, which is basically like endometriosis, but inside your uterus mm-hmm. and it's fucking hell on earth. Like it's terrible cramps, disgusting, mm-hmm. like everything that's wretched about periods. That's what it is. And like, I'm like, I have a, like iron deficiency because of like how bad it is. Oh. And I'm 45 years old. I have two kids. I am not having any more. The cure for this condition is hysterectomy, but they don't, but you need like your doctor has to agree. And like, normally like a doctor won't even ha- like my gynecologist won't have a conversation with me unless I do an IUD. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. And oh, so, what? Yeah. And it's like, that's the condition. Like there are so many, I'm in this group on Facebook and it's just like everywhere, everybody, like you're just going to the doctor, crossing your fingers, hoping he's going to let you have this procedure. That is the cure for your medical condition. Like that is the indicated cure for your medical condition. And it's just like, like my family doctors just shopping me around to different gynecologists to find one who will let me do it without first making me have an IUD. It's insane. And it's a whole other thing, right. Of like, you got to advocate for yourself. Like you got to rabble yes. rouse sometimes, you know, like, and so I told my mother, like, cause my mother has been like, Oh, don't do it. It's such a big, like, it's a big deal. And she's like, you know, my mother was like, you're overconfident because you had such an easy recovery from your C-section. She was like, it's not a joke. Like you're not going to jump up out of bed and go to the tattoo parlor two days later, like you did with your C-section. Like it's serious. So she's like been urging me to reconsider. So I was like, okay, fine. But now I'm like, the minute COVID's over, this is happening. And I don't care. I'm finding a doctor who's going to do it because this is some bullshit. Like, how dare you tell me yeah. that I can have a surgery that is the actual indicated cure for my condition? Like, fuck yeah. this shit. I'm coming well, out hot. When this shit, once I get my second vaccine, watch me. I'm kicking down the door. The <laughs> like, give me it. In my uterus. This shit has to go. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I feel for you because I was going through some shit before and I had my, uh, I'm just came up on my five year anniversary of my hysterectomy. Um, 
Yeah. So <laughs> it's as wonderful as I dream. <laughs> I mean, your mom's not lying. I'll be real. I mean, the recovery yeah. is definitely, it's not a walk in the park, but everybody's mm-hmm. different. Right. And so, yeah. and for those, and I actually have a lot of people that follow me that are history sisters. That's actually how they found me was through my hysterectomy. And I vlogged yeah. my entire hysterectomy. You so did? I did. Online? They're on YouTube. And I have, okay, I have a whole se- series. I'll, I'll link it for you guys below too, because I actually I have a ton of women. On my vision board. <laughs> yeah. I have a ton of women who talk to me about hysterectomies. Um, yeah. So I will definitely link it in the show notes below you guys. And Maxie, I'll send mm-hmm. it directly to you after yeah. we're, we're done recording. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something that I talked about for a very long time. And I still do because it is a huge part of me advocating for myself and getting me yeah. the help that I needed for my mm-hmm. own um, the issues that were going on with me. So yeah, yeah I'm glad the conversation went there because I feel right. like yeah. there's probably some women that are dealing with this right now yeah. that are like, they you know, it's help. an interesting thing, right? Like the difference in like how I reacted when it was my kid's life versus mm-hmm. how I react when it's my own life. Like I go to the gynecologist and I sit there and I listen to him like mansplain adenomyosis to me <laughs> and all this shit. And I just sit there and I'm like, mm-hmm, 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 okay, okay. And then I'll leave his office and then I'll go see my family doctor who's been my doctor for like over 10 years. I love him. I felt comfortable with him. And I'll be like, this fucking guy told me again that blah, 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 blah. But when I'm in his chair, I'm just like this meek little like all of my old programming comes back where I'm just like, okay, 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 okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But like when it was my kids, I was like, no, fuck you. I don't care who you are. Go read yeah. my fucking chart. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not going to explain my own button then now. But when it's me, it's like, yeah, sure. I'll suffer for six more months, whatever you say. And it's like, it's a real interesting thing. Like what as women and as mothers, like what we'll summon for the sake of our kids that we won't summon for ourselves. And like, what that what message that sends you know mm. like not a good thing no so let this no. be a message for yeah. you guys right yeah. like this is your this is your message to start yeah, like advocating yeah for yourself yeah. right yeah. that you would bring for you treat yourself as your own kid if that's how you need to do it you know yeah well I always say that like with the inner child right it's, it's all about mothering ourselves and being the mother mm-hmm. that maybe we didn't have um not to say that all of our mothers are horrible or bad some of them were just you know they were doing the best that they could some you know mm-hmm. Yes, we have a lot of stuff that we have to work through with our moms, but we do have to learn how to advocate for ourselves and mother ourselves in that way, yep. for sure. Exactly. That's a yeah. huge part of the work. For so, sure. Maxie, um, mm-hmm. before we wrap things up, yeah. I want to at least ask you, so I feel like because all of this has really been about this whole like intuitive, you're, you know, strengthening your intuitiveness your discernment, your, mm-hmm. um, advocating for self, your, your, you know, all of those things. So for yeah. the women that are listening to this, that are still <laughs> feeling like, I really want to speak, talk more to in or tap more into my intuitiveness, or I really want yeah. to have strength in my discernment. What would be mm-hmm. like your, I guess, I don't know, your top, my top your tips. piece <laughs> advice, top tips, you know, they don't have to be limited to three or something. Just like, what would you <laughs> say to somebody if like, they're still in that spot where they're Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting because I mean, I'm going to start my answer with the story as I always do, but (laughs) like kind of what sort of started the whole process was, um, 
Jessica, the Divine Maven, she does these videos on her TikTok sometimes, um, these little intuition tests. So mm-hmm. she'll like give you the name of a person and then ask you these questions. And I was like, okay, I'll play. And I started getting these questions right. So she would post like a name, like her husband's name. And you had to guess like what color her hair and eyes he had and, you know, what kind of job he did or whatever. And I would guess and I would be right and I started like messaging her and she was like you're a very intuitive person I don't know if you know that and I was like instantly like reframing so many things about myself that I had never I don't know like I always just like I know things like I I have always known that like I'm a person who can like look at someone and see their whole life story but I didn't I didn't really think of it as like a thing. I thought it was like, this is just an impression that I'm getting. Not like I actually could, I don't know. Not like it had anything to do with intuition. Anyways, but it was just a permission slip. Like once she said that to me and I started playing those little games and started kind of like seeing, like, yes, like kind of seeing that, yes, I am able to tune in and also seeing like what it actually looks and feels like, Mm -hmm. then it became then I, that gave me more space to play and I got like more dropped in. So like, you know, I might've thought before of like being in, like being intuitive as like seeing visions, like being able to see things before they happen. Like I thought it was much more like airy fairy and out there than that. But then I realized like, no, it's just like words and answers that show up in my head, right? Like when I'm doing readings, it's like when I'm doing a reading, everything that comes through, I, process as intuition so like sometimes I see pictures like I said or I hear voices or I like see somebody else's energy but sometimes I'm just thinking something or a phrase just shows up in my mind and like once I chose to view that as like in as intuition like once I widened the scope of what intuition could be could look like for me it Mm. just it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And so that, like, I would say, yeah, have a play with it. Give yourself permission um, to call, like refer to yourself as as intuitive. Like you don't have to be like that, you know, that that teenage boy who does all those celebrity psychic readings. Like you don't have to be that dude to call yourself intuitive. We all are intuitive. You know, look for little synchronicities and um, like recognize that your intuition is going to show up in a lot of different ways and like just put it all on the table and I was telling somebody the other day that like intuition is a funny thing because like when you don't listen to your intuition it talks more quietly this has been my experience so like when you're talking to a normal person they don't hear you you talk louder so that they'll hear you but I I think like your intuition if you're not tuned in and you're not paying attention then it will just whisper and whisper it but the more you listen the louder it talks Mm -hmm. like the more you tune in and you make that concerted effort and like I mean literally sometimes before I do reading I will literally like sit here at my desk and go like third eye open crown open like I'm physically pulling the skin here and that to me says like intuition open and when I'm done I go like this and close it back like you can make whatever ritual or process you want to turn it on it doesn't have to look like you don't need a crystal ball and like fucking dry ice, like smoke and you know <laughs> the robe and like, you know, all these like old archetypes of like what a mystic or whatever looks like. Just, I mean, really have a play with it, expand your understanding of it. Like, and just really drop into like, you are intuitive. We all are. So there's nothing like, 
it's not a matter of like seeing, let me check and see if I have intuitive, like you do. Let's just play around with how, how does it feel good for me to access it? I think when you put it in that lens, so it's not like a test of your capabilities. It's a like an exploration of like what feels good to you. It takes the pressure off. I love that so much. I'm all about reframe. It's just all about the reframes, you know, like once you like, you start under the premise that I do have intuitive gifts. Now let's figure out what is a fun way to turn them on. Like Mm -hmm. does not feel like so much more fun to play in than, gee, I wonder if I could ever be as intuitive as such and such a person. Like that's shit energy. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to do that to yourself. Yes. Oh my God. I'm all about that. I'm always about playing and experimenting and having the fun. Right. And just, Mm -hmm. uh, well, this was so much fun. This was such a fun conversation. So obviously you guys, like I said, I'm going to put Maxie's information in the show notes, but Maxie, what's the best way to get in contact with you? If somebody is wanting to reach out to you, book a reading, all the things. Mm. Find me on Instagram or like any social platform. You can find me at the Maxie green, but it's green with the B on the end. You got to remember that. But like every platform, my username is at the Maxie green. Um, yeah. I'm find me everywhere. I would okay. love to read for you. Yes, yes, yes. I'm telling you guys, you're going to sign up for a reading and you're going to go, holy shit, that was phenomenal. <laughs> so of course, feel free to reach out to Maxie. I'm sure if you guys have questions or anything, anybody could just message you along and, and, and yes, talk to you. Please do. Yeah. I always answer DMs or messages of any kind. Yes. And like I said, I'll have everything linked below so you can go ahead and just get set up if you're listening to it. And it's just like a complete like, yes, for you that you need to get connected yeah. in. So you'll have that link as well. And then if you liked this episode, please share it with your friends on all the socials. Um, be sure and tag us and let us know your takeaways and what you liked. And, um, yeah, it, this was such a fun episode. Thank you again, Maxie, for joining Thank me. Thank you, Blair, so much. That was so fun, Mike. Yes. I love talking to you. <laughs> well, I love talking to you too. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody for listening. Have a good day.